you know that it's known. That's yep. why you feel this weight. Like when it <laughs> yeah. says like it's gonna be shot from the rooftop, you feel that. Welcome to the Couch Time Podcast, where we give you tools to connect with your student and point them to Jesus. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven, and I'm a few f- inches away from the mic this week. Yeah, we, Josh Lewis gave uh, Steven some advice to stay further away from the mic. It's Here we a, go. You're doing good so it's hard far. To, it's hard to believe it's still going to pick me up, but I'm, tr- I'm trusting <laughs> the communications man himself. So. Yeah, we, he's the expert, so... Um, yeah, did you get you have a good student ministry night last week? Last yeah, night? we we had a really good night. We were in we're still in Ephesians, going through identity. We're talking Ephesians three towards the end of the chapter, where Paul is praying that we'd have the strength to comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth. Um, that is the love of Christ that uh, would make us into the fullness of God as we grow and understand it more. And I talked about I talked about the Grand Canyon, and you know it's obvious comparison, but the that's good. There's a the whole illustration. I don't have time to go into it. I think I think it resonated well, so that's great. We um, we celebrated the end of October in Florence. Best month of the year. Best month of the year. Yeah, it it really is. It's a it's a celebration. I we're also doing identity. I we did um, Philippians three. Paul talks about his accomplishments and how they're rubbish. And I threw my diploma in the trash in front of the kids. Yeah, he also threw a trophy that he won in a competition with me and some friends into the trash as well, and Rubbish. I will say the group the group is not happy. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have some talks with the commissioner about the rules of... Can you uninvite the champion of a tournament from... <laughs> it the... may, it's in the contract. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Team Inova is not, not very stoked right now. Oh, shoot. Actually, I don't like that. They're actually whose opinion I care about. <laughs> Our sponsor. Yeah. Okay, this has gone off the rails. <laughs> Here's where I want to go with you, friends. Uh, I'm going to read for you uh a passage of scripture that i don't know i i've read it a few times and i i I don't think about it enough Mm. i think it's a a kind of a heavy passage i'll unpack what i see here and how i think it applies to students Um, but i'm just going to read it so this comes out of luke 12 3 jesus this is jesus speaking and he's speaking in response to the pharisees who are trying to trap him um, so that they can accuse him. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to trap Jesus in his words and what he's saying. Um, and so Jesus says this, Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Hmm. So I read this passage. I, I think one thing I think we all struggle with and that students even struggle with, and something we talk a lot to students about is taming the tongue. Yeah, being careful with your words. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had there was a boy at student ministry last night who kind of just was he. Um, let's see, he was making. I always tell people you got to be careful when you work with middle schoolers because they will insult you. <laughs> so he was making fun of my hair, which is good and what you want, and then he was making fun of. Um, like people singing on worship, and I was like, "Hey, man, you gotta be careful." Yeah, <laughs> words tame the tongue. Very buddy. much hurtful. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the, but he's just speaking. He's like seeing things, and he lets it roll. Yeah. So, um, but I think what I want to talk about today is another angle to this, like helping for you as parents help to instill sort of these this this biblical concept of tame the tongue and mm-hmm. being wise with our words. Yeah. And so often students hear like, "Hey, just tame the tongue," and they all sort of know this, right? Yeah. Like, I know I should be careful with my words, whatever. We want to give you a different angle 
that you can have this conversation conversation with your kids. Um, yeah, I think I, yeah. I'd say it connects directly to identity, like what we're talking about in our yep. own different series, going through different books, but we're talking about the same ideas, is trying to help students, like we as people have this constant battle between the flesh and the spirit, if we're believers, flesh and the spirit, flesh and the spirit. And this helps remind you, it's like, okay, how am I live? Am I being two-faced? Like, am I living in the flesh in these environments? And in these environments, I'm living in the spirit. With these people, I'm spreading gossip, rumors, hurtful words, tearing people down. But then in this environment, on the in the public side or with my parents, with my youth leaders, like, I now have this, like, more mature persona. And it comes down to trying to help students realize who they are in Christ and how that should affect all aspects and areas of who they are everywhere they go, that their character um, should be being built up in the fruit of the Spirit, and that affects the word you speak, how you talk to others, and not just what you do in public, but what are you doing when, when there's nobody around that, that God still knows and sees and cares about. It's not, it's not just like, oh, well, no one's here, so it doesn't matter. No, God, God cares. Yep, agreed. God cares, and I think actually uh, a device I think that Satan uses to draw us away from God and to separate, to create conflict between us is to tell us that our words can be private, hmm. that everything we say, things that we say don't have to be out in the light. Yeah. And so I can say this, I can do this, and in the, the right context, it won't get out, right? But this passage, Luke 12, 3, Jesus says, therefore, whatever you've said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and whatever you've whispered in private rooms shall be uh, proclaimed on the housetops. And so it's this concept that nothing is private. Mm-hmm. None of the words you say are private. And and that's I think that's true in two elements. Number one, none of our words are ever private before God. Yeah, He hears them. He knows our thoughts. He, he knows what we're going to think before we do. And so there's a level of accountability and a reverence before God, even if we are, we are followers of Christ, like, are like we are accountable before him we should seek to honor him yeah. because he hears us right um but increasingly in our world our words are not private before other people right as well um so i i, I think that's sort of that spin of like we our students need to be careful what they're saying because we think that they're private but they're really not yeah and i, I think all may, most kids today are being to hold this a lot of like, hey, you know, you have a cell phone now, like watch your mm-hmm. cell phone. There's not, there's whole presentations that go into schools and yep. talk about the importance of being careful and watchful. And a lot of times it doesn't seem to resonate with kids like, oh yeah, another person tell me to be careful on my phone. But hopefully like as we frame it up in scripture and we see what God's saying, it's like, yeah, this, this is a lot more weighty than just like, oh, someone may see this text I sent. But it's like, no, like you as a carrier of the Spirit of God, if you're a believer, like the Spirit is living within you. Yeah. Yep. There is there is this weight and desire. It's like, okay, out of that overflow of my heart of the Spirit within me, changing me and growing me, like I want to put on display to others the gospel that they may not have cause to doubt, that they may not have, have cause to question the truths of Christ, because when they hear me talk about Christ, and then when they hear me talk with them about what's going on with so-and-so, they're completely different, which gives many people a reason to question the faith, doubt the faith, doubt who God is, doubt if the Spirit's really in you, or if that's just a bunch of hoopla. So it's not really out of uh, just this idea of just, like, scaring people, but to show people, like, hey, like, our words do matter. How we speak and act in private and in public do matter, both with how it affects our relationship with God. Like even if there's no one else around and you're, you're 
in secret sin or hiding things or talking differently. Yeah. That affects how you're like when I've been there and I've been there, like that affects how I relate with God. I feel two faced when I'm talking to other people. I feel, um, it's hard. It feels harder to go to his word. And that's my own flesh trying to resist like the means I have of grace by coming boldly to the throne, but it does have an effect and there should be change over a period of time in a believer's life with how they're speaking and living. Uh, that's really well said. Completely agree. Um, yeah, it's like our sin affects our day-to-day relationship with yeah. God, certainly. Even when we're, like, even when I'm completely forgiven, know all my past sins forgiven, know all my future sin forgiven, when I'm in sin, like, you feel the weight of it until you go to Christ who and already knows and, and confess and repent and turn from. It's like, you know that it's known. That's yep. why you feel this weight, like... <laughs> When it yeah. says, like, it's going to be shot from the rooftop, you feel that. Like, that's oh, why yeah. you feel shame. That's why you feel guilt. That's why you feel embarrassment. It's like, you know that this is known before God, and that instills fear in you to a degree. Mm-hmm. So you'll either numb it by continuing to run to sin to avoid thinking about it, or you'll try to hide in shame and guilt and be down. Or it's like, hey, God knows. He's also a gracious and loving and good God. Mm-hmm. Come to him for the means of grace. Bring it to the light. Seek out him who loves you and cares for you and is willing to forgive. Um, or you can keep trying to carry it on your own with that weight on top of you, which is like, God, God doesn't want that for you. Like it's going to be held accountable one way or another. Yep. Where are you putting your faith and trust? I feel like that's what you see when you see how you're dealing with your sin. That's really well said. I, and so, and, and I think that's a really helpful lens to think through our words and yeah. the, the sort of the secret sin that we have with our words, not the, just the things that we do that are sinful, but the things that we say that are sinful. So one thing that I thought was cool, I brought up this verse to you, Luke 12, 3, you were like, and you didn't know I was referencing Luke 12, 3, and you're like, oh, I know that, and yeah. you went to somewhere else. Well, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even that cool. It was just, you started reading off a verse, and I just Googled it to find <laughs> To find where it was in scripture. You know, like if you know a piece of a verse, you Google it, it it? pulls it up. So I start reading, and we realize we're reading different sections of scripture. But Jesus is saying the same thing. Jesus is still talking, Mm -hmm. and it's in a different story, in a different context. And yours is in Luke 12, mine's in Luke 8, and mine's right after the parable of the sower, which really, like, really, so first I just saw the one verse that I Googled, and then I started going back to see, you know, what the context is. I'm like, wait, this is after the parable of the sower? Like, how does that make sense? Like, this is about... I thought this was about like fear of God, the weight of sin, the intensity of which we should be running to repentance, how God is going to punish evil. Mm-hmm. And that should bring us hope when we're being when we're being rumored against and struck down and cast down and hurt like Jesus was in, in your passage. Like that gives me hope that I know like sin will be held accountable one way or another. But this passage right after the parable of the sower. So he's talking about spreading the gospel, throwing seed, the word of the God all over to different soil and some you know, will we'll rise up and be torn down and some will last on good soil and will bear much fruit and much fruit and much fruit. And then it goes on to verse 16 of Luke 8. I'll read 16 through 18. It says, after talking about spreading the seed, good soil rising up, bearing much fruit, it says, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar, puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a stand so that those may enter would see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. Take care then of how you hear, for the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even that what he thinks he has will be taken away. 
And this kind of revealed it to me in a different light as Ryan and I were just chatting and talking about it. It was like, okay, take care of how you hear. For the one who has more will be given. The one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. And it's this idea of like when we have been saved, have been uh, have had the seed planted in good soil, have been getting to bear fruit, we are like this lamp. The light of Christ should be shining through us. The aroma of God, um, aroma of the Spirit is uh, people are experiencing. Hopefully the fruit of the Spirit is, is growing love, gratitude, patience, peace, all of that, whatever. And then we go in secret and we spread words of hurt. We say things to cast people down. We gossip. We slander. We do things in secret. It's, it's like we're covering up the lamp that the world no longer sees the love of Christ on us. And how ridiculous to have a lamp and to put it back under a bed. Like, how ridiculous to have the light of Christ within us and then to cover it up with more, more sin and give the world the inability to see Christ because we are, uh, are covering it up and, and living back in our flesh. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Like, uh, what I like about it, what, what I thought was really cool, Jesus says the same line, essentially, in, in both Luke 8 and Luke 12, uh, what you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on housetops. But it's addressing two different things. Mm-hmm. In Luke 12, it's speaking to you like, hey, your words are heard before God. Yeah. You're accountable before him. So that affects, and like you so eloquently said, like, that actually, like, if we know who God is, that shouldn't drive us away from God. That should drive us back towards God because mm-hmm. he knows, but he's also forgiven. Yep. So repent and turn to him. But but also, it, it like, your words, they're, they're, if you think they're in darkness, they're actually in light, but they're spoiling your witness yeah. if they're in sin. Yeah. And so, like, you, we're called to be ambassadors of Christ, to make disciples. Well, you, the things that you think you're saying in the dark really are being broadcast in the light and that can really hinder your witness and on the flip side if you speak words of life and truth and love and encouragement and joy and of the gospel and how god's done that can also be proclaimed on you know to the world (laughs) that can also be a bright light on a mountain that people see like wow he speaks way differently than most people wow even how he talks in private is different than how most people do how he talks about his friends, his teachers, his like his parents, his family, his church, like that can be proclaimed massively. You may just be speaking to one person about it in private and then they go and talk to other people. Like it could also be good, a life-giving speech that gets spread around of like something about how Ryan talks is different. Like, he doesn't talk bad about there. He doesn't do that. Like so there's also encouragement on the other end of like we can have a lot of influence and a casting of seed, as it talks about in Luke 8, by the words we speak, both in private and both in public. Yep. So one takeaway as we close, the, the kid that was kind of ragging on one of our, our friend playing, I think he was playing guitar last night. I was like, go, you, I don't think you meant it, but I think that was like sort of a, an insult. Mm. You need to go say something encouraging at some point tonight. Yeah. And so I think like, speaking words instead of saying words that tear people down that are gossip and slanderous like how can we encourage our students to say things that are encouraging to others yeah. because god hears it he, and but i think it also helps our our testimony yeah. like you saying that that can be something that's shouted from the rooftops and i'd say the more you intentionally try to be looking for ways to encourage people mm-hmm. this is a good thing to talk to your kids about if they're if they're struggling to be encouraging and you tell them hey go like try to find three encouraging things to say today, mm-hmm. the
the more cognizant you become of how much discouraging stuff is yes. said all the time. Like if you are focused on, okay, I want to find a way to build up so-and-so. Yep. You'll notice like I, I will do this because I, I always had a problem with I joke a lot, um, which can be very hurtful. It can really tear people down. And it's it just flowing, flowing, flowing. If I'm not thinking, I'll, I'll insult people and hurt people. Yep. But if I stop and try to find ways to build them up, one, I'll realize, wow, I was going to say something really stupid right there. That was going to be really hurtful. Yep. And it causes me to stop, but it also causes me to start seeing like, oh, that person gets torn down a lot. Or that person, like people are really quick to say hurtful things. And I think it gives you like a new lens of like, oh, shoot. Like when I'm trying to be good, I realize how much hurt there really is which hopefully will encourage you more of like, okay, I want to be different than them. I don't want to keep falling into the same, the same line as the, as the world and the culture and my flesh. And it's going to be hard because you're trying to um, live for Christ, go against the current of your natural flesh desires. But the more and more you speak life, the more and more you speak encouragement, hopefully the less and less your, your natural tendency is to, to tear down, to hurt, to be two-faced, to be dipped, to have served this God in private and this God in public. Um, and you'll be one. You'll live in your identity as a follower of Christ who is mature, not tossed to and fro, um, but is disciplined. So, Stephen, I want to encourage you. you. I've been paying attention. You did an excellent job not speaking directly into the mic this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. The thank whole you very time. Much. You, yeah. you did it. You crushed it. Uh, thank you. you know, that's, nice. that's what it's about. I appreciate that encouragement. Thank you. Yes. All right, friends. That's all we got for you this week. We're Just know we're praying for you guys, too. Last night, I felt, man, talking to some students – there's a lot going on in your families and there's a lot going on with, with kids and we're, we're praying for you. Let us know how we can be praying for yeah, you too. Please. So Love all right. you guys. we hope you have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at the couch time podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment and leave us an honest five-star rating. Let us know what you thought about the podcast and let us know if there's any topics you would like us to cover. You can comment below or email us at podcast at graceky.org.